This podcast has been made possible by Planful and U.S. Bank. Hi, real quick before the show begins, as you have perhaps heard, CFO Thought Leader has a new quarterly magazine where we feature the insights and career journeys of the finance leaders we've been talking to. Now, for a limited time, we have a special offer for our loyal listeners. List price for CFO Thought Leader magazine is $119 annually. With the following promo code, however, you can enjoy a 33% discount for a limited time only when you use the promo code CFOTL, as in Thought Leader, you will receive a 33% discount off of CFO Thought Leader magazine. Subscriptions are now available at CFOThoughtLeader.com. Hi, this is Jennifer Saran, CFO Smart Chief. And you are listening to the CFO Thought Leader Podcast. This is episode 493. <laughs> Hi, it's Jack Sweeney. On today's show, we speak to Vijay Kumar, CFO of Sifi Technologies. Once upon a time, Sifi Technologies established a name for itself by being India's first internet services provider. But the company has steadily opened new chapters of growth as a communications and technology solutions provider. Its latest chapter involves the company's adoption of an outcome-based pricing model. It's a challenge Kumar's finance team is today helping SIFI address. Our discussion with Vijay Kumar begins after this. In an ever-changing world, it can be tough to keep up with the latest FP&A trends and innovations that keep you ahead of the game. Luckily, there's a podcast for that. Tune in to Being Planful, the podcast for finance leaders and planning experts, and stay in the know about what's happening in planning and forecasting. Guests like influencer Chris Ortega, Boston Red Sox CFO Tim Zhu and Brian Lapidus of AFP will keep you up to speed on how you can put finance in the driver's seat this year. Find the full episodes at beingplanful.com or wherever you get your podcasts. P.S. Think you might make a great guest on the show? Shoot host Rowan Tonkin an email at beingplanful.com 
at planful.com. practices and auditing practices 
in the digitalized world. So that was my first uh, stint at building uh, teams and leaders. And uh, the next was at SIFI. And looking back now, as I converse with you, I'm very, very happy that uh, I could build a good team of leaders within SIFI over the last uh, 11 years. All right. Usually I ask about leadership a little later in the podcast, but I'd like to touch on it now with you because as a finance leader, uh, you have demonstrated leadership throughout your career and have time to reflect on what set you apart perhaps from other managers who had the skills you had but weren't able to have people follow them or develop people as you must have. Can you tell us something about leadership as you look back now? At the time when I joined uh, SIFI, it was a company in the B2C space. It was a consumer-facing company. And it was a company which had uh, reasonably good revenues, but it was burning cash. And uh, we had to take a tough decision of exiting from uh, the business and build uh, from scratch an enterprise uh, business and make it a B2B model. So that uh, decision itself required uh, a re-looking at the entire organization in terms of uh, reskilling people, getting fresh leadership inside the organization, and uh, enabling needful capital for uh, the reorganization of the business. And at the same time, uh, we also ensured that our governance practices uh, uh, were improving. For example, uh, till 2008, like all other foreign private issuers, we were all uh, filing our financials in U.S. GAAP. And when SEC permitted using IFRS, which is a global set of standards, we were among the first uh, foreign private issuers to have uh, moved to IFRS. These were basically to demonstrate that here was a company, including its finance function, who was uh, demonstrating leadership and taking the first step towards embracing change. So let's find out the timing of you becoming CFO. When did that happen? What was the time of that? Uh, I joined the company as a CFO in 2007, uh, October. Tell us about, as you enter, what were your priorities at the time? Yeah, at the top of the mind when I entered was to uh, build a very strong finance uh, organization which would understand business. And for this, I needed to get on board people who would A, understand business and have the capability of working closely with the business and supporting them to succeed in the market uh, place. That was uh, first priority. Second is uh, within a year of uh, having joined, we had the global uh, economic crisis and uh, there's uh, lots of uh, liquidity issues. We had to uh, manage our costs in such a manner that we could survive that particular situation. And uh, at that time, raising capital, which took a two-year process, even though it was ultimately with the 
principal shareholder raising capital and uh, supporting the growth of the company was uh, another key uh, area of focus at that time. Now, I'm wondering, okay, so 2007, you've been there 12 years now. If we were to look at your tenure, that 12 years, I'm wondering if you look at it as different chapters, because clearly what your priorities are today are so very different from what they were in 2007. I'm wondering what the chapter is today. Any thoughts about that? Does that metaphor work for you? No, you actually put it so very nicely. And uh, probably one of the reasons why I've been able to motivate myself at work uh, for so long is because uh, within these 12 years, we have uh, experienced three chapters. Each of them are uh, quite distinct. Uh, the first uh, five years was a period when we had to uh, wind down our consumer business and build the enterprise uh, business, largely infrastructure-related uh, business. The second chapter of the business, that was the time when we just turned profitable, was to build uh, services on top of the infrastructure. And uh, that was a period of another uh, five years, that's chapter two, where we started building services on top of the infrastructure. The third chapter, which we are now uh, going through, is a chapter where we offer what we call as a converged uh, ICT services. And uh, that's a very unique positioning of uh, CIFI. And uh, like uh, some of the thought leaders in the industry believe, the entire IT services market is moving towards what we call as outcome-based uh, pricing uh, models. And uh, we are building our skill set around how do we offer services on outcome-based uh, models. It's a very complex uh, one, but uh, we are building capabilities. We have few success cases as of now. But over time, uh, we would like to be a company where almost all of our revenues come from outcome-based uh, pricing models. Okay. So... Uh, inside the outcome-based pricing model, uh, I want to ask you a little bit about the metrics. What are the numbers that tell you we are where we want to be if we're moving towards outcome-based pricing? Yeah. Uh, as I mentioned to you now, we are in this third chapter where uh, it's pretty early days for the industry. There are few use cases uh, where we have been successful. Uh, we have built a fairly strong funnel and uh, almost on a weekly basis the entire leadership team, uh, we track the funnel and uh, give our whole of our time in engaging with the customers in terms of uh, helping the customers appreciate uh, the benefits of an outcome-based pricing model. In an outcome-based pricing model, two things are very critical. One is understanding the business outcomes of the customers who come from different industries. And second is how, as finance people, we can build a model which can ensure that uh, our risks are kept to the minimum. So that, that part is the exciting uh, part. So we have this uh, 
briefly kind of a, a detailed review mechanism which helps us to ensure that we are in line with what we want to be ultimately. Okay. And so so that meeting, who is that who attends that meeting? Is that your finance team or do you have other uh, executives? Yeah, the entire executive leadership team. I follow. Now, as you move to this new model, you have to change perhaps certain behaviors in the organization. You have to make people understand finance often plays a critical role there by increasing the visibility of certain numbers, helping people understand why they need to do things differently or why they need to pay closer attention to this. I'm wondering, BJ, is there, how do you change behaviors to move to this model and how do you um, change that mindset? What role does finance play in changing that mindset? Jack, you got it uh, right, actually. Uh, two, two observations which you make. Uh, one is, uh, both of which are right. One is the fact that finance is a very integral uh, part of this journey uh, in terms of helping the customers appreciate the benefits of an outcome-based pricing model. Because at the customer end, uh, these decisions are quite strategic. And the customer decisions are also taken only at the CXO organization. So typically at the customer end, also the CFO plays a very key, uh, key role in uh, taking the decision of moving from a subscription-based model to an outcome-based model. So conversations between uh, finance leaderships of the two organizations do make a lot of uh, difference because you tend to speak on the same uh, language. So in that context, very helpful. Second is walk, walking the journey along with the sales leadership, sales leadership, and helping them to articulate better to their counterparts also makes a difference. So those continuous conversations and uh, being part of their conversation is helping the cause. Say on your team, is it the FP&A executives who are perhaps making that connection with the sales executives? No, no. Who is having that dialogue? No, no. As I mentioned to you a little earlier, uh, when I came on board, one of the first things I had done is to set up a separate business finance organization where these guys would have uh, deep skill sets of understanding businesses uh, along with the finance competencies uh, which are there. And it is the business finance organization which actually works closely with the business organization to reach out to the customer. Interesting. And um, are they, we use the word embedded. Would you describe these executives as finance executives who are embedded within those areas? Yeah, you're right. You're right. They're, they're embedded, but uh, they're all part of the overall finance organization uh, attached to the respective uh, line of businesses. If we were to look at, uh, discuss it organizationally, there are direct line back to finance and your, your leadership within finance, uh, but there are dotted line maybe to the manager of that area or no? Yeah, they, they have a dotted line relationship to the business heads of uh, the respective businesses. Is this a, and, and I'm curious, has that evolved over time? Have you realized 
along the way that maybe you were doing it one way, but there was a better way that you discovered? Or in fact, no, from the start, uh, it seemed to have worked properly, so you've continued to uh, pursue that. Yeah. No, so far, uh, it's, it's worked out nicely. Uh, I've not had reason to have a relook at the model, except that we keep uh, investing in having uh, people who can understand the businesses much more deeper, because the businesses keep changing, and uh, as I told you in the outcome-based pricing, it's about understanding the customer's business as well. So require people who can understand the telecom, uh, uh, health uh, vertical, a banking vertical. So those skill sets are very important. So probably we have built skill sets uh, within the organization. So organization-wise, we haven't done anything beyond uh, upskilling them. Um, as you look to better understand customer behaviors, are you using technologies, or are you? Is there another approach you've taken to, to better um, get insight more quickly? Uh, okay, we don't have uh, much uh, technologies to understand the customer business. Uh, so far, the model we have followed is a direct engagement with the customer, uh, supported at times by engaging consultants in the respective verticals who can feed us with insights of uh, the customer's business and customer's behavior. So that's the model we have uh, followed so far. Vijay, I now get to ask you for a finance strategic moment, and this was uh, a place in time in your career where your unique lines of sight as a finance leader allowed you to see an opportunity a risk, uh, something that led you to respond. Uh, what what comes to mind when I ask for a finance strategic moment? Uh, I have uh, this one big moment. There are several, but there's one big moment which uh, I, I don't think will be overcome even in the rest of my career. This uh, dates back to 2011. That was the time when we were, uh, the company was just getting rebuilt, when we were uh, about to convert ourselves from a consumer-facing company to an enterprise company. At that time, we had a very large uh, customer project for a networking customer of about 30,000 locations across the country. That the size of the contract, uh, both financially and operationally, was uh, uh, on the face of it uh, significantly beyond us. We were uh, like Lilliputs, and this was a very huge opportunity. And uh, if we were to win that customer at the point of time, whether we would be able to back it up with uh, necessary financial resources, execute them well, make it profitable. So it was very tough addition, uh, and to be honest, uh, the first occasion, I was very skeptical to take up that uh, project. But uh, the entire leadership team, uh, finally we came to the conclusion that let's make it happen. And uh, at that juncture, uh, we were just clueless on how we would even go about funding it. Uh, Fortunately, uh, the solution with the team put their hearts 
parts to the solution. Uh, we won the project by a distance. And having won the project, the whole burden of uh, funding the project, ensuring that we are able to manage the cash flows of the project to synchronize with uh, the way we would fund the project was a tough one. And uh, I, I can remember the experiences of at least the first two years of the seven-year contract, the amount of efforts we had put into make the project uh, successful because uh, the project would uh, almost make or break the company and very happy that uh, we all made it happen. So that's an irreplaceable uh, moment and we'll never forget. And there are many, many stakeholders who placed enormous trust in us and uh, supported us in executing the same. And uh, I, I'll never forget all the stakeholders uh, who had supported us at that juncture. When we come back, we'll enter the mentoring round with CFO Vijay Kumar. The business landscape is changing quickly. As the pressure to manage expenses efficiently and strategically increases, you need solutions that not only help drive down costs and improve efficiencies, but meet the changing needs of your business. At U.S. Bank, we can help. We'll work with you to uncover your specific payment challenges and bring you proactive and innovative solutions and strategies that help you meet the financial goals of your organization. Our commitment to doing the right thing for our customers has earned us the designation of one of the world's most ethical companies from the Ethisphere Institute for six years in a row. To learn more, visit us at usbpayment.com. We, uh, we want to move into our mentoring round where I get to ask you several quick questions intended to inspire and mentor future finance leaders. What is it that's exciting you today about finance and business? Uh, what I find is uh, that finance is now considered as a very integral part of the business. All along, it used to be seen as a controllership role, and it was, it was seen as a little distinct from business. But uh, I'm very happy that not just within uh, CC, I think across organizations, everyone sees finance as a very integral part of uh, business. When you first stepped in, in 2007, when you first took on the CFO role there at CIFI, what is it that you wish someone had told you at the time? If there was one piece of information, and you can imagine we're trying to help future CFOs out who step in and on their first day, this is that piece of information you wish you had. Anything come to mind when I ask you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It does come to my mind. Uh, I thought exiting a business was easy. I, I, I thought it would be very tough. Uh, 2007, when we took the decision to exit, it looked pretty easy. But uh, within a year, this uh, global economic crisis hit so badly that it would not be possible to find a buyer. So probably if somebody had cautioned me that uh, it's a journey by itself, it would have definitely helped me a lot. And that's an experience I can share to others. 
Is there a, uh, do you have, this is a more personal question, do you have a habit or a routine that you believe has in some way contributed to your professional success? Yeah, uh, two things I do actually as a routine. One is uh, my immediate reportees, I ensure I speak to them uh, at least twice a day. Uh, it's very important to have a understanding of what's happening across the organization and also to give them uh, right guidance so that they are effective. And second is I ensure that I keep developing more insights into the business and in particular uh, participate in every networking opportunity and uh, every forum which comes to understand businesses much better. So let me let me just uh, ask you something here. So in regards to you mentioned, I try to touch base with them twice a day. Yeah. So it's two o'clock uh, uh, your time, and uh, one of the your team members uh, hears the phone and they know it's going to be Vijay. Do you reach out via the telephone when you say you connect with them twice a day? What do you mean? So it, it's both uh, telephone as well as uh, in the office. So. Uh, it's a combination of both. So most occasions it's a meeting within the office, and when I'm traveling, it's on telephone. Okay, so you want... Uh, but, I, but, I ensure, but I ensure that I've reviewed uh, every work which is being uh, done by them. How important is in-person meetings to you? Uh, initially, uh, I believe it's extremely important uh, till you... Uh, gain confidence about the ability of people to do work. But over time, uh, you could slap uh, it with uh, reviews over calls. Is there a book you'd recommend? And it doesn't have to be a finance book, BJ. I have to make sure I specify that. It doesn't have to be finance, but is there a book that you believe, uh, you know, has impressed you in some way and you would recommend to other finance leaders? Uh, Experiments is my truth. It's a book of uh, uh, the father of our nation, Mahatma Gandhi. Uh, that's an excellent uh, biography. And uh, I strongly believe uh, that book gives good insights on leadership capability. Uh, at least it's inspired me. Wondering, we're, we're up to our final question where I get to ask you about your priorities going forward. And uh, I have a, a funny feeling these have to do about outcome-based pricing, but we'll ask the question. Yeah. Over the next 12 months, what are your priorities as a CFO? Uh, Jack, actually, I have uh, uh, one single uh, agenda for the next 12 months. Uh, India is a very huge market and uh, presently going through a fairly high growth phase. I just want to ensure that uh, within the organization uh, there is enough support available uh, in all the functions to enable scale. So when I talk about uh, support, whether it is within the HR function or the procurement function or the internal IS, I'd like to ensure that every wheel of the organization is uh, in a position to enable uh, scale and uh, DJ Kuma, thank you for joining us on CFO Thought Leader. Yeah, thank you.
Jack for the opportunity. Hello, listeners. Do us a favor. Be certain to subscribe to CFO Thought Leader on Apple Podcasts, or if you're an Android user, check us out on Spotify or Google Play. If you like the show, please recommend it to a friend. Oh, and by the way, the CFO Yearbook 2021 Print Edition debuts on Amazon this quarter, featuring 100 profiles of finance leaders from our 2020 season. Would you like to learn more about our CFO guests? Order the CFO Yearbook 2021. Thank you for supporting our efforts to bring you career journeys of CFOs driving change. We'll be back with another episode very soon. Thank you for listening.